Welcome back, everybody, to Seize the Podcast. Today, we're meeting the co-founders of Tortuga Creative Studio, Natalie Gisson and Brendan Hansen. They're located in Canada, and they're helping businesses tell their story. In our conversation with them today, we speak about their background and what led them to create Tortuga Studio, the service they're offering to their clients, the importance about branding and actually what branding means, as well as how can brands balance impact and business for the benefit and health of the ocean. We hope you enjoyed this episode and you'll learn as much as we did. Welcome, Natalie and Brandon, to Seize the Podcast. We are so excited to have you as this month's guests on the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. So you are the founders of Tortuga Creative Studio, helping ocean-focused entrepreneurs leverage their brand to amplify their positive ocean impact and grow strong and sustainable businesses. We're really excited to dive into you know, what you guys are doing and how you got there but before we do that, I think it would be great for us to know, and as well as um, the listeners, what is your background? So Natalie, maybe we'll start with you and then Brandon, if you'd like to jump in afterwards. Sure, sure. Yeah, thanks so much for having us here. This is an awesome opportunity to chat with you guys. Um, so yes, I'm Natalie. I'm the owner of Tortuga Creative Studio. Um, I'm a scuba diver, a surfer, a big ocean lover. Um, I've got two young kids, one who's seven and one who's three. Um, I'm also an artist. Um, so I did grow up outside of Calgary in a super outdoorsy family. We spent a lot of time in the summer by the ocean on the west coast of Canada. Actually, one of my earliest memories is hanging out in a canoe with my mom eating jelly beans. I don't know why that's part of the memory, but it was a canoe on the ocean with jelly beans and a little harbor seal swimming around, right? So the ocean for me is just this fundamental piece of me and kind of always has. But on the other side, so is art. So I've always been an artist and a painter and a crafty sort of creative person. Um, so yeah, at the beginning, my I kind of went between, should I be a marine biologist or should I be an animator and work in the creative space? And I think what's really exciting now about what we are creating with Tortuga is that I'm finally able to bring these two things together. Amazing. That sounds like such a, a fantastic sort of blend of different disciplines and interests. Yeah. Brandon, what about you? What's your background? Yeah, so uh, thanks for having me as well. Um, I've always been creative, and in fact, uh, so I come from a creative family. And uh, in fact, in elementary school, I used to draw pictures for all my classmates. I, they would come to my desk, and I draw them pictures for cards and posters and storybooks and things like that. And the teacher would say, "Oh, just go to Brandon's desk, and he'll draw you something." So it was pretty fun. I had had a good experience back in elementary school doing that, and then. Shortly thereafter, my dad taught me how to draw in 3D at an early age, so that kind of leveled up my skills, and I was able to take that further. So all of this combined has really fueled my passion for art and graphic design, and now into branding. Amazing. Um, and what did you study? And you know, where were you working to prior to Tortuga? Yeah, so I actually started out on a very different path uh, than the one that I'm on now. So I originally went to school at UVic where I got a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Art History and a minor of Anthropology. And this was pursuing my very first career love, which was archaeology. Um, so I worked as an archaeologist for quite a few years. Um, I started, I did some diving underwater archaeology and land excavation in Spain on some Roman sites. 
I spent a couple of seasons in Peru where we were excavating human bones from a religious complex on the coast just south of Lima. Um, I did a little bit of teaching about human bones at the University College in London as an assistant uh, in a class there. And then I did some archaeology in Canada as well. Um, so that, that took up the first well, I know, 10 years of my professional life and that just it, the, the field of archaeology didn't remain feasible for me to stay in. Um, so I kind of was faced with a decision point and I decided, you know what, I'm going to go back to school for graphic design. I'm going to make it go at the other side of what I love, which is art and, and see what I can do with that. Amazing. And did you always know naturally that you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Did you always have that streak inside of you? I don't know. It's honestly, it didn't start out that way for me. For me, it's always been about art and just like the passions that drive me. So when it was archaeology, it was that passion for history and the passion for the ocean and passion for art. Um, starting Tortuga, you know, it, it was me wanting to do something with that art and contribute creatively to the world. But then as I built up that business and I went from freelancer, which is where I kind of started and Brandon came aboard and it kind of became more of a business. I sort of found that entrepreneurial mindset and was like, oh, this is, this is fun. I enjoy the freedom and I enjoy the creativity of being an entrepreneur. Um, both my parents own side businesses outside of their main career. So it's kind of like, it, it felt right, but it certainly wasn't what I had always envisioned for myself. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, I think that's great to hear. I think, you know, you have such an interesting background and I think it's always fantastic to hear and showcase, you know, people who have found entrepreneurship after a few years, it might have always been there, but I think it just took, you know, some time, experience and exposure to really cultivate that. Um, and that's really inspiring to hear as well. Fantastic. So Brandon, what about you? What did you study? Where were you working prior to Tortuga? And it would also be great to sort of know, know about your, you know, entrepreneurial flair. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, just going back, uh, I actually went to the same online school that Natalie did and I got my graphic design diploma. So um, not quite a year later after Natalie had graduated from the same school, she uh, started up Tortuga and was reaching back out to the school. And my teacher, who was her teacher at, before, um, recommended me to offer, or offer a job. So I went and tried that with Natalie. And ever since then, um, I've been working with her for the last seven years at Tortuga. So um, yeah, that's my story. Um, and then for entrepreneurship, 100%, um, my parents run their own business. I actually worked with them for many years. So I've always been self-employed and uh, it's a natural fit for me. Like I'm self-motivated. I enjoy um, taking on that responsibility and, and having the, the boundaries and the freedom to um, achieve whatever you want, right? So there's no, there's no limits to how big you can dream. And to me, that's all worthwhile. Fantastic. And I think Natalie, you know, you touched on it uh, previously, but you know, what led you to create Tortuga Creative Studios and what inspired you to focus specifically on ocean-focused businesses as well. So can you just tell us a little bit about what you guys do, the story behind it, and how you're helping your clients? That would be fantastic. Yeah, sure. So yes, I, I, I think I touched a little bit on, on what led to the foundation of the studio. Um, it's just sort of circumstances in my life that made archaeology not viable for me anymore. And this, you know, kind of, actually, I had a I had a, a class in high school that was communications technology. And for, for some reason, one thing my teacher said, it's always stuck with me. Like one of those memories, you're just like, it sticks with you for some reason. You don't know why. Um, but this high school teacher, he said, you know, if you do this kind of creative work for a living, he's like, I guarantee you'll make millions. <laughs> and it's not about making millions for me. It's really not. But just 
his, uh, the, the surety with which he said this to me has kind of always stuck with me as like, hmm, you know, maybe this creative road is the right one for me. So when I went back to school to, to get the graphic design degree, it was with this intention of, yes, let me see what I can do with my art. Um, started off as a freelancer, but it quickly grew. Um, and that's when I brought Brandon on board and, and, and yeah, and it, it's, it's evolved since then into the ocean space, right? Because we, you know, we didn't originally work with ocean focused businesses, right? At the beginning, it was just about art and it was about getting experience in design and in the creative world. So we've worked with every kind of client and every kind of project you can imagine for the first six years of Tortuga, right? It's just get that experience and whatever we can. Um, but we did have a few ocean focused clients throughout that time, I think because our logo and our visual branding has always been turtle based. So it's pulled in um, a few ocean focused clients and I just loved working with those people, right? That felt right to me. There's, it was such a deeper connection. The work felt meaningful. You know, it's just like, yes, this, <laughs> this is good. <laughs> um, so late last year, Brandon and I took a business coaching kind of course and, and the biggest outcome from that course for us was this sort of realization that oh we could go fully ocean focused right like the ocean sector is growing it's doing amazing things there's so many great innovations and opportunities here but there's actually no creative visual creatives that are currently serving the ocean industry specifically right so we thought, hey, with this passion for the ocean and this experience that we have, perhaps this is the perfect direction to take Tortuga and not look back. To, sorry, not looked back since then because it's like the best decision we've ever made. You know, um, yeah, that's amazing. I think it's really interesting to hear that you know you had this essentially what it sounds like slightly more generalist approach, but you know, still obviously mm -hmm. focusing on impact-driven businesses and then sort of honed you know, your craft and your skills and your image and then really, and then naturally you actually were bringing in businesses that were ocean focused and that felt right. And that's what you chose to pursue. I think that's a really, yeah, great story in terms of, you know, building a brand and then sort of honing your craft and, and your mission and your aim and then running with that. That's so, yeah, so great to hear. So can you tell us a bit more about the services that you are offering your clients? How do you help your clients? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So as a branding studio, we're offering currently a few sort of creative programs and services. Um, they're all focused on helping ocean-focused entrepreneurs leverage their brands to grow both at the business level and at the ocean impact level. Um, so for example, we've got this Brandon Ocean Impact Group Program, which is called Aribada. Um, and we built that for solopreneurs who want to overcome some challenges in their business, but they want to do so in a way that's going to be good for them as business owners, but also for the ocean, right? So we actually just finished our first cohort of that program last week, and it was it was an awesome experience. It was super fun getting to work with these businesses and to just see how they were able to take these challenges and learn sort of the methodologies that we've created for balancing growth and ocean impact and have these real results you know like i feel like we've got four more ocean heroes now because of the people that went through that program so that was really really exciting and positive um experience and, and we're hoping to run that one at least once a month moving forward um but also beyond that with the years of creative communications experience that we've got under our belts we are happy to support ocean focused businesses in whatever way we can whether that be through 
branding, brand strategy, design, illustration, infographics, other types of visual communication, right? Like it's whatever people need that falls within the creative realm, you know, we have that experience to deliver. Um, and what's really, really important to us too is that not only do we help ocean focused businesses who are helping the ocean, but we want to give back to the ocean ourselves too. Um, so we actually adopt sea turtles with every project that we do. We remove plastic bottles from the ocean for our clients. Um, we also dedicate a bunch of our time to volunteering for the Vancouver-based charity SeaSmart, and I'm on their board. And we're just always looking for those ways to, to give back, right, both directly and indirectly to the ocean. That's amazing. Yeah, it sounds like really living and breathing your mission and, and vision as well, which is so important. And I think that definitely is something that comes across from your website, you know, and your branding. So that's, yeah, that's great to hear. Um, so it sounds like you offer your services and support to sort of businesses from sort of early stage to potentially a little bit more developed and, you know, the same for sort of solopreneurs. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. Yeah. So our, so our Rebida program, for example, that one's meant for solopreneurs and sort of the startup sort of earlier stage. Um, but we have a bigger version of that program that's called Turn the Tide, and that's a 30-day coaching program, and that's for, for teams, right? So that will be for your slightly more established and bigger businesses. Um, and then we're also working on uh, a pitch deck kind of offer for startups to help them really like nail that messaging that's balanced, right, again, between business growth and ocean impact, you know, so how do they deliver that dual message? in a short pitch deck in a way that's impactful so yeah really at this stage like i think that what's key for me is that ocean impact should be part of a business regardless of its size or regardless of where they're at and every business at every size also needs creative support so we're not yeah i'm not overly concerned about where you're at in your business just that you want to you know be building both of these pieces <laughs> definitely and i think that comes across really strongly on, you know, on your website. I love how you guys say that, you know, impact shouldn't cost you your business and business shouldn't cost you impact essentially. And I think that that's really what we need, especially as we see a lot of buzz around, you know, the blue economy as it were, which touches so many different industries. And there's so much, you know, funding and innovation going into that. I think we really need the range of services that you guys are supporting, yeah. providing. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's a huge need for the growing blue economy and we're excited to be able to be here ready to support these businesses as they start and grow and yeah that's so great and um if i can jump into the core of what your business is which is you know a lot of around branding um i i've worked around a lot of startups and i feel like especially in the ocean uh, industry which is a lot of science-based um companies everything that's creative that's branding is not always a priority and unfortunately you see those amazing startups that have crazy ideas um, and they barely have a website and we know that it's definitely an issue but i'd like to hear you on how can creating a strong brand really help ocean entrepreneurs to make a positive impact on the ocean or you know a, a bigger impact that they already have yeah Sure. So yes, it's this is a huge thing that we've noticed um, in the ocean spaces as well. Um, I think a lot of it goes along with a perception, I guess, that branding is visuals or that branding is just a logo, right? Which, you know, I think 
a strong brand, it's about so, so much more than that, right? So if you get right down to the foundations of a brand, the definition of branding is, you know, what's the re is your brand, sorry, is the reason that someone's going to either choose or not choose you over someone else. So it's the sum of the feeling that you have about a company or that someone else has about your company or your product or your service, right? It comes down to it's your reputation, right? So I can tell over here, I'll tell a little bit of a story to kind of illustrate this point for you. Um, but let, let, let's imagine for a moment that we've got two companies, okay, side by side, and they're, they're both preparing or trying to pitch to get some new investment. Okay, so company A, they've never invested in their branding because like many startups, they're putting their energy elsewhere. They're putting their efforts elsewhere, right? But as such, they don't really know the why behind what they're doing. Okay. They, nobody's ever really heard of them. They don't have a reputation, right? They have this amazing solution to a big ocean issue, but when they talk about it, they're speaking in a super technical language that only robotics experts understand, right? And they've got this team, again, of robotics experts, but nobody's really sure why they're there or what they're doing or what the bigger purpose is, right? So they're not really well connected to that problem that they're solving. And there's not a company culture around, you know, shared values. Right. So they're they're here. They're trying to secure funding and investment for this amazing idea that they have, but nobody's understanding it. And so they're they're not successful. Right. At these pitches, they're not successful at securing investment. They don't really know why. Right. So then then there's company B. Okay, And company B has invested in branding at an early stage. So early on, they figured out who they are and what they do, why they do it, who they do it for. They decided that they want to be known as local ocean heroes. So they then have built a brand around that whole idea. So because they figured that out, they've spent time engaging with the local community, they've figured out how to communicate with the local community, what their robots do and how they're helpful for both the community and the ocean, right? They've been featured by the media because they've generated this buzz in the community and they've really related to the community. Um, you know, they built a team from local talent because again, they have established this value of being local ocean heroes. So they've built a team from local people bringing more community values in, right? They've got this team culture built around this. You know, they, they, when they pitch and when they present, they tell this heartfelt story, right? They use inspiration. They use their role in the community to talk about how impactful and important their robotics work is in relation to the ocean and to the community, right? So if you have these two companies side by side at a pitch presentation, you know, which one's going to win the investment, right? They're both doing amazing things, but company A has no brand. Nobody knows of them. They have no reputation. Or company B, they're well-recognized. They're loved. They stand behind a solid purpose. They know what they're doing. Well, company B is going to be the choice every single time, right? And that's, that's what brand is. It's not your logo. It's not what your website looks like. It's that. It's your reputation, what you stand behind, and how you share that with the world. Right. So this, yeah, this really just shows that what's the power of strong branding, especially in the ocean space where you have to communicate what you do as a business, but also what you do for the ocean. It's actually more complicated, right? Because you're weaving together two huge things and you're trying to connect people at two different levels. Right. So brand is, is this great way to figure out, well, what is your story on both these angles and how do we weave that together without it being complicated or confusing and in a way where, you know, we build the reputation we want and we are the ones who are chosen. That is so interesting. And I think I've never envisioned it this way. You know, for me, 
brand was like, I guess for a lot of people, you know, your website, your logo, your colors, your font, a lot of, you know, that tangible things. Um, but it's so true what you're saying that it's more than that. It's your story. It's your values that you're carrying. It's your place in the community. And yeah, this is way too often overlooked, you know, in new businesses, I think, especially the one that are in labs that are, you know, um, that could be that could be anywhere I've, I've just seen personally in my community a lot of startups that people do not know and it's such a small town like 2,000 people and they're working with the ocean and everybody's so close to the ocean but there's not that connection there so mm -hmm. I think that is um, that is so important what you're telling people right now and often like you're saying people would not think about this is a priority that I need to invest in. Um, but definitely it is. It is because it's, you know, when from the start from zero, you're creating your image. And like you're saying, you know, that's going to transpire in your conversation with investors, with potential clients, with potential, um, you know, um, partners. So I think that's, I love that conversation right now. It's so great. And I'd love to know. So let's say a, business or startup wants to, you know, jump in and take some resource and, you know, uh, brand themselves. Um, is there any challenge? Do you see challenge in uh, either startups or bigger business um, that are trying to brand themselves regarding to maybe they have different um, orientation they'd like to take uh, they have different stories about the around the business uh, do you see any any challenge and do you have any tips for someone who'd like to brand themselves but they're not sure what route to take and and what orientation yeah i mean i can answer that uh so okay. some of the common challenges we see um ocean entrepreneurs face when building their brands is that what we were just talking about right so it's the do it later it's not as important as I think it is, um, or the way around. Um, and uh, yeah, so they, they put it off to the side, but then they, they realize later on that it is important and that they weren't able to get that investment or um, be seen or have no reputation and the visibility is low because they haven't invested in their brand from the get go. So that's one of the most common ones that we see is, the, is not doing it right away and not doing it effectively and gradually as they grow. Um, the next one that we always get is the do-it-yourselfers, right? So we, we understand that if, as a solopreneur or, or an early startup that you don't have the funding to, to do all the uh, branding yourself. Um, and it makes sense, right? You, uh, you, you don't have the money to do it. You don't have the money to hire someone. You end up doing it yourself. That makes sense. Um, we get that. But uh, at the same time, that if it's not your strength, then why should you spend your time doing it when you can get an expert to help you do that and avoid those pitfalls and better off spend your time doing what you're good at doing and uh, and progress effectively and uh, in a timely manner. So we, we suggest obviously getting an expert to help you get through those and, and guide you through that process. And then some of the last ones that we, we uh, come across is just when you are ready to invest in getting someone to do your brand, you, you go and you search for someone that is in the branding space, but you, you hire just a generalist basically. And you don't realize that there are people that can help you that know the ocean industry and know the duality that an ocean focused business actually has to consider, right? Most traditional businesses focus only on the business and the business growth, but 
the ocean-focused companies have to consider both the business as well as how it's going to factor into the ocean and positively impact the ocean. So as brand consultants in the ocean space ourselves, we understand that duality and part of our programs are to communicate those pieces and to balance those those two pieces um, throughout your whole business. And the brand is throughout your whole business. So we take into account at every point in your brand and all those touch points, how it affects the ocean, how it grows your business. It's not one or the other. It's how they work together because you can't just be totally ocean focused because you end up being more like a charity and an organization was wonderful. But if you're a business, that's not going to get you, you're not going to be around for very long. You're going to run out of money and you won't be able to afford working anymore. So you have to focus on the business as well. So it's about balancing the two. And uh, yeah, so that's what we do. That's so great. That's, that's really interesting. You know, what, what I hear is that, you know, investing in such thing as your branding can really be from the, from the start, a catalyst um, for, you know, your development and um, for your growth. So that, that's really great. And um, I think when I think about branding, um, I think a lot about social media as well social media presence and there's so many different apps there's TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, there's Facebook. What in your opinion what's the role of social media in um you know building a sustainable brand that's aiming to um have a positive impact on the ocean? Yeah, so so I'm not a big social media person personally, but I I see it no matter what the channel is, right? I see social media as this just massive creative opportunity for ocean-focused businesses, right? It's this opportunity to use creativity, whatever your platform is, written, word, visuals, video, whatever, TikToks, whatever, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> to just get in front of people and share your vision and your message, right, with the wider world. Um, so actually something I wrote about a few weeks ago is this role that art and creativity have to play in shaping a better future for the ocean, which I actually think is, it's really relevant to this question. Um, so recently I was past, I was traveling in Rome and I was coming back home and I went through the security gate. And as you come through security, there's this massive whale skeleton. It's just a huge, like full life-size, life-size whale skeleton hanging from the ceiling. And inside its stomach was all these man-made objects, all white but they're all lit up in this, you know, radiant, sparkling display. And it's just, it just stopped me in my tracks, right? Completely stopped me in my tracks. Um, and I went up to check it out further. And as I suspected, it was actually an art installation about the relationship between people and the ocean and, and the challenge of ocean plastics. Um, but what it really did for me is it just made me think about this role of art and creativity in shaping the future for our ocean. Right, and this relates to social media um, in the sense that it's creative. The platforms are all creative, right? If you can creatively make use of whatever platforms you're on, you have this opportunity to create content that inspires people to take action, right? That brings awareness to ocean issues, um, that helps to really communicate complex information, um, that tells an emotional story, right? And that just connects people to each other, right? Especially with ocean issues, like the ocean belongs to all of us, all it's one ocean. You know, so the ocean issues shouldn't matter where in the world you are and art and creativity on social media. That's just an amazing tool to connect people on opposite sides of the globe. Right. And, you know, we use LinkedIn and I've connected with people, you know, literally on the other side of the globe who share the same passions for me. And it, it's like a, a universal language 
right? To be able to sit and talk about ocean with someone in Australia or Europe, and that's made possible by social media and that, those platforms. That's true. It's a it's great tools when you use them great. And I think we are the proof of that. We connected, I think, all of us over LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's really great. And a lot of really successful companies are putting a lot of resource in consumer education, whether it is related to their product, their service, how to use it, or to topics that are dear to their values that are around, um, you know, their business. What and what I'm saying by that is, let's say a um, company that's doing snacks made out of kelp talk a lot about, you know, the great flavors, um, the fact that their um, wrapping is compostable, all of that. But they also talk about like the benefits of kelp forests for the ocean, for human, for human health, for the the ocean health for ecosystem and they I'm thinking about one company in particular which I'm not going to say but they have been really successful on many platforms to you know share um, that stories and I feel like people can relate and easily add them to the list of their favorite brand so what's your thought on creating content that's really dedicated to education of consumer and is that something that startups should start doing as soon as they're you know building their brand or is that a strategy that you would recommend starting later yeah yeah no this is a super interesting question and a super interesting thing because i think this speaks directly to that duality that we've been talking about with ocean focused businesses is business growth and ocean impact and you know, to your point of the kelp snack company or other successful ocean brands that can think of for ocean and you know, just other ones you can think of, right? They are, they've built a brand that's balancing those two things super well and consumer education and awareness, right? That's a huge component of that. So when you're working on the ocean side of what it is you do and you're able to, you know, bring in that consumer education component, you know, you've got that robotics company, right? Like we're talking about robotics company A and company B from earlier. It's like, if you're able to, you know, clearly communicate what those robots are doing for the ocean, what the larger issues are, like you're, you're adding to your reputation, you're increasing your value. Now you're not just a company trying to take someone's money, but you're solving world issues. And by educating people about it, you're involving them in that story and making them heroes too. Right. And that's that's super powerful. So I think that that is a huge role for creativity is is helping businesses both to figure out what it is they're saying on that consumer education side and tying it into their business and you know making it relatable and easy to communicate. And all that requires creative thinking. Um, it's a hundred percent something you should do in your brand as soon as possible. And right? that's another reason like don't leave branding till later. Like once you have the resources to do it, do it and make sure you think about the brand on both of these paths. That's a great tip. Yeah, definitely. And maybe touching on a subject that you've talked about several times now, um, the balance of growth and impact. I think you guys are living it in your own business. You also are helping business work trying to maybe have a better balance 
Uh, you have built a in-house program called the Remora Approach, if I'm right. Can you tell us about this program and what are the particularity of that service for your client? Yeah, yeah. So the Remora Approach is actually a methodology. So it's kind of the, the cornerstone of the way we think and work as a business and, and with our clients. And so, yeah, we've kind of been talking about it this whole time, but it's really just this idea of, a way of thinking, adopting a way of thinking that balances business growth and positive ocean impact, right? So we call it the remora approach because in the ocean, the remora and the sea turtle, you know, they have this symbiotic relationship where the two support each other, right, mutually. And that's what we think about business growth and ocean impact, right? Like I think Brandon mentioned, traditional business thinking has us thinking about business growth and profit and all of that. But with this movement in the new world and all the things we have going on, the challenges we have to solve, right? We want to sort of flip that traditional idea of business on its head and say, like, it's not sustainable for yourself, for the future, for the planet, if all you do is think about profit. So instead, let's give ocean impact the same importance as business growth, right? So the Remora approach is just really simple in the fact that it's like just stop and think like if you have two lenses you have a business decision in front of you stop and put the one lens on which is business growth so think of a venn diagram you have business growth as one circle ocean impact as the other and that place where they cross you know that's the sweet spot where there's a better future both for your business and for the ocean right so the remora approach is, is just that fundamental belief that we have and we've taken that one step further and we've got a tool called the remora matrix which is basically like an actual framework and tool where you can take it and you take an idea or a business decision that you have and you map it out using the matrix to see, you know, where you're doing really well in business growth and, and in ocean impact and where you maybe have some weaknesses or opportunity areas, right? So that you get this picture in front of you of like, okay, you know, these things are going well, these are opportunities. How do I now take these opportunities and creatively innovate around these weaknesses or these things that I need to do better and turn them into strengths, right? So that, that tool, that's something we, we teach in our Ariba program, I um, mean, turn the tide. And um, so, yeah, that's, that's definitely something we love to dig into more with people in our program. That's quite interesting. And that's great that you were able to um, produce like a framework around that. And what I can hear is that this could universally be used for you know even businesses that are not necessarily focused on the ocean but are also looking to be more sustainable um they can look at their processes and see what are the what are the environmental weakness and change it into an opportunity so that's great um so what do you find exciting at the moment in this industry that you're working on Yeah, so um, I think it's really exciting is that it's the blue economy, the ocean tech sectors and the ocean industry in general is growing at a quick and fast pace, right? There's a lot of bright minds with innovative ideas that are trying to help protect our oceans and avert the, the damaging effects that are happening right now. So there's a lot of potential um, coming into the industry, which is really, really exciting because we need that positivity. Um, and then as a branding specialist i think it's a unique opportunity because with when you have all these companies coming into the market um and knowing that a brand can help each and every one of them stand out 
and um, be unique in their own way, which is again what we need because we need as many of those companies to survive and contribute to positively impacting the oceans, right? Everyone has a has a role to play. So as a branding specialist, we can take those companies and make sure that they don't become commodities and compete over each other and and in, and increase the collaborative um, collaborative nature that the industry already has. But as the sector grows, it's going to get more and more crowded and people are going to be competing for visibility and funding and opportunities and whatnot. So it's, there's, there's a need um, for positioning and strategy to make room for each and every one of those um, businesses in the future. That's a, yeah, that's definitely a great point. And I think Antonia and I have been seeing the evolution of the, the blue economy. Um, I've been, especially working in that field for a couple of years now. And it's, uh, it's become more trendy, if I can say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love to hear about what are the next steps for your creative studio? Uh, is there any events coming up? Any new launch? Any new services? Yeah, so, I mean, we've got a lot of new and exciting things happening at Tortuga, um, as mentioned already a couple of times here. But uh, we have... Uh, we just launched a new program called All Hands on Deck, which is a stress-free uh, presentation solution specifically for entrepreneurs in the ocean industry. With no time for spare, no time to spare for presentation prep, and it's a little bit of a play on words. Um, the deck in All Hands on Deck yeah. uh, is for slide decks and presentation decks and pitch decks. Even so, we go in and we can we help out those uh, those entrepreneurs and sometimes startup entrepreneurs and looking for funding or to win their pitch or whatnot. And uh, yeah, we come in, we apply our knowledge and we help them out. Um, and then another one that we always, uh, we also have is that we just completed that first cohort of our Arribita program, the Brandon Ocean Impact Group program. Um, and it was a total gas. We had lots of great feedback from our first cohort. So we're happy to announce that we're opening up five more spots for solopreneurs who uh, would like to participate in our May cohort. So yeah. And- and I'm also, just if I can drop this one, I'm also going to be speaking at the Ocean Innovation Festival in the Netherlands in June. So that's a really exciting opportunity to just get this creative message out in the world about creativity in the ocean. Um, so for anyone interested in that, interested in coming to the Netherlands, please come. <laughs> that is so great. And a lot of exciting steps for you guys. Yeah. Um, maybe the last question for this interview would be what's the biggest dream for Tortuga? Yeah. So, okay. I know I've talked a lot during this interview, but this will be my shortest and simplest answer. Um, for us, the dream, the big dream is super simple. It's just to use art and creativity to do as much as we possibly can for the ocean. That's a great, a great, and simple but very precise goal. We like that. <laughs> I guess that's what your branding um, training gives you, you know, a clarity of mind of where you're going and what do you want to accomplish in life. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much to both of you for uh, chatting with us. It was a really great conversation and I hope everybody learned more about the importance of branding when you're starting your business, or even if you're already deep in there, you know, it's never too late, I believe. (laughs) Oh, no, never too late. (laughs) So thank you so much, and we'll see you guys for next episode. Yeah, thank you so much. 
Thank you so much to Brandon and Natalie for sharing their story and speaking with us today about Tortuga Studio. As always, if you like this episode, please leave us a review, a comment, or a thumbs up. You can always follow us on Instagram at seas.co. We're also on TikTok, Twitter, and LinkedIn. See you in the next episode. <laughs>